Welcome to the New Zealand International Film Festival podcast series. Today's Q&A follows the Auckland premiere screening of Helen Kelly Together. Director Tony Sartorius is in conversation with Leanne Pooley. Tony Sartorius. Um, they asked me if I wanted to watch this film ahead of time so that I'd seen it. And I said, no, I'll watch it on the big screen. And I didn't realize I was going to be weeping through the moderation session. So please forgive me. I'll start the conversation and then I'll open it up to the audience. But I'll just, we'll just, just the, the film is such, first of all, congratulations. It's beautiful. And thankfully, you know, there's not enough films that talk about the heroes that don't throw balls around and you know, sing songs and bands. It's, this is a film by the hero, and I'm so grateful to you for having made it for all of us and for our kids and for the people who should know about these sorts of heroes. So thank you for that. <laughs> but we'll just start with... Um, the film is, is sort of weaves Helen fighting for the causes she cared for and for her life. And that's obviously the structure you took. We don't meet her family. Can you tell me how that came about? What she wanted it to be about her work, or they didn't want to be in the movie? H how, did you, how did you come to the structure? Um, in a funny sort of way, I think that it was a harder time for her family than it was for her. Uh, and um, they were in a lot of distress, and, and I didn't really want to ask them. And you know, actually, we spent most of the time on the road I wanted to acknowledge Steve, in particular, Helen's husband, who you see at the beginning of the film. That's just about all the footage I managed to sneak, I think. Um, I didn't want to tell people. I just want to let you know that Helen really was surrounded by love. You know, she really was. So she wasn't alone. And uh, that's, that's, that's a cool thing that arises from, from her sort of life, I think. So, yeah, that's really something I wanted to say in the film, actually. And how did you come to make the film? Where you, did you know Helen ahead of time? Tell us a little bit about the, the beginnings of this project. Yeah, I did know Helen. I actually interviewed her. I met her when I, um, I filmed an interview with her for a famous New Zealand documentary just when I was just out of university called Someone Else's Country, directed by Al Barry. Um, and um, she was cool. She was in her late 20s then and, you know, staunch and stroppy and, you know, we were all a bit dazzled, really. Um, I knew her after that, not super well, but um, we talked now and then. Um, I was on kind of her speed dial, uh, a long list of Wellington people that she called on for favours every now and then. We all joked about it. We called it the hey mate phone calls. They, they happen pretty often. And she'd go, oh, hey mate, um, uh, we've got this thing and it needs to be, uh, well, actually one in particular, we need to make five TV commercials to stick on the stage at the, at the Westpac Stadium and we need them in three days and we've got no budget, you know, can we? <laughs> so we did it, of course. And you know, that, that's that's, so we, we knew each other that way over the years. Um, I think we had quite a nice, small relationship, you know, but I, I was actually very interested when Helen became more prominent as the, um, the leader of the CTU, the Council of Trade Unions. She was um, very prominent, you know, she, was, she loved social media. I think she's had 18,000 tweets in the last five years, <laughs> which we were going to include, but there's just too many. Um, and... I was just really struck when she would speak about things, you know, it never sounded like she was speaking about things, it always sounded like she was speaking about people. And I, I was just very fascinated in how that happened, I mean it was good communication but it wasn't just that, there was something else going on. 
and I wasn't quite sure what it was, so I wanted to try to figure it out, and that, that was my starting point. Do you think, I mean, there's a, there's a clear sense that she's kind of racing to get things done with a, with, with a deadline that is, is not believable. Do you think she felt that she got what she wanted to get done, or did she feel like she was leaving things undone? Um, I, I don't think she thought that she had got there, actually. It was very sad. I mean, um, it's, it's not really covered in the film um, because it was very confidential at the time and Helen asked me not to film it, but there was a negotiation going under with, with, the, with the then national government for some kind of negotiated resolution to the Pike River mine situation. And literally in the hospice, they, they, just, they just canned it. Um, there, there almost was a sense that as she weakened, things were starting to actually get worse. Um, you know, it was the time of the rise of Trump as well. It was a pretty dark time in several ways. Um, so no, actually, I don't think she had. But I think that the the, the flickering flame uh, for her and and I guess for for, for all of us was that um, to, to some degree at least the baton had been passed, and others were starting to show signs of being able to pick it up and run with it, and and, and that was that was the great hope really. I will open it up um, to questions. I think there's some microphones floating about the room. So would anyone else, would anyone like to ask a question? Hello, Bruce. <laughs> we saw how, you know, she inspired the people in the different industries and got them coming together and stuff. So, you know, with her, the amazing contribution she made, do, have, you, have you seen anyone who's kind of stepping into that now because it's such a void eh, of what she was able to represent and, and bring together uh, well um, there's not yet another Helen um, that's pretty clear and I guess there won't be anyone quite the same as her um, I think what's happened at Pike River is pretty amazing um, you know and that was completely led by Anna and Sonia and um, absolutely inspired by Helen and uh, you know actually partly her idea as you saw right at the end there um, Pike River is interesting because you know it's bigger than it is in a way. I mean, it's it's a it's completely, you know, unresolved injustice of this death of 29 men, which is you know weird that that would happen in a civilized country. You would think, but I th especially I th if you read the book. Oh yeah, and please do if you haven't. Rebecca McPhee's book is is awesome, but I think um, Pike River is is a kind of a metaphor. You know, it's it's kind of about a disposable working class. Which, um, I mean, is, how does that sit with our culture? How did that happen? But we seem to be in a place where, as you saw at the very end of the film, 235 New Zealanders have died since Helen's death, which is only two and a half years. And how many of them can you name? How many made the news? Um, it's just background noise now. It's just it's like the road toll. We just accept it. But, you know, our workplace death statistics in New Zealand are absolutely horrendous by international standards. And in absolute terms, they're obviously completely indefensible. But that's nearly 10 times as many people as died at Pike River have died since. Sorry, I can't see any of you at all. That's awesome. <laughs> Is that possibly only two people left? Oh, there they are. Oh, there you are. <laughs> um, well, uh, firstly, Tony, thank you and congratulations. Um, it's a great film. Um, I, I, I was intrigued. I, I th about halfway through, I thought you weren't going to cover the cannabis stuff at all. And I wonder how you struck that balance because you, you clearly did. Um, I, I just wanted, did, because she was in a way m more in the headlines for that, 
than for those workplace safety stories. Did you feel that was the untold story? Um, thanks for that question, Russell. I mean, I, yeah, I, th I think you're exactly right, and I can tell you that I think it sh she wouldn't have needed to have been alive much longer to have won that campaign because the media just loved that story. They were all over it. And in itself, that's quite interesting, isn't it? I mean, you can kill 235 people in two and a half years, but, you know, you know the marijuana legalisation is really what gets the attention. I, I, to me, um, I, mean, I, I know some people felt that it was a pity that she got involved in that because it was kind of like a smaller issue, but for her it was the same. It was, it was to do with, it was good for her. She was kind of square, Helen. That's, that's kind of her secret, you know. She didn't like to, um, to break the law to be naughty. So she really, she felt uncomfortable about having to do something illegal that was making life better for her. And it, she just kind of fell into it. She was such a natural activist that, that just by thinking it, it just started to come out and then suddenly it was an issue and then the media were there and there it was. I mean, you saw that she really dug deep to, to do that right at the end of her life when she was really very much sicker than she looked, I think. Look, I mean, the question of how to balance all of this has been really hard. It's been the hardest thing about making the film. And I actually was just talking to Rebecca McPhee, who I mentioned before, who I'm very pleased to say is writing a biography of Helen uh, as well. And she's having the same problem. Um, there's just so much all around Helen that actually it's quite a challenge to, to, to stay with her as a human being and try to express her energy. And that's really the key to her. Um, so that's been my guiding light in the end. The, the film is principally trying to capture in a bottle her and, and, and her light, you know. And hopefully, I mean, it, it sort of synthesises the experience of knowing her a little bit so that people had just have a sense of how she pulled it off. The hardest part of filmmaking is always what you leave out, never what you put in. That's always the challenge. It's what's, what's not there. I'm just going to ask one quick question, sorry. Um, I happen to know that Helen, she mentions her father, the death threats against her father, but I know that Helen received death threats, and a lot of them. I mean, terrifying how many death threats she used to get. Did she, did you ever talk about that? Was that something she didn't want to talk about? Oh, no, she didn't care. Um, she, she, she wasn't, she didn't care about them. She said um, she's not scared of people who threaten her, she's scared of people who just turn up with a little suitcase one day. Um, you know, the reason why um, I put that emphasis on the trades hall bombing, which was funny, at the time that I started to do that in the filming, it was a completely forgotten non-issue, and now it's coming back a little bit, isn't it? Um, you know, there was a terrorist bombing unsolved that killed someone in the middle of our capital city, and it's almost gone. It's like, it's like culturally almost inert. Um, for us, that's odd. For her, it very nearly killed her father, and it did kill her friend, Ernie, and it could have killed her. Um, for the people who were on the front lines of those social justice fights during the 70s and 80s, and I'm sure many of you are here, um, it wasn't an abstraction. You know, it was actually kind of blood on the streets territory, quite literally. So it was a bit different. And I, I just really wanted to express that, particularly for younger people, um, I'd like to say like me, but I'm flattering myself, a little like younger than me, who, who don't know that. You know, protest is always seen as kind of polite and a bit effete these days. There's not much ever happens, but back in the day it wasn't like that, I know that. Um, but just before we go on, I'd, I'd like to um, introduce you to, um, to uh, someone from the film who's here, um, lawyer Tim Braithwaite. Tim, could you stand up for a minute? Tim, where are you? There he is. <laughs> uh, 
You'll remember Tim's very poor joke about the waterproof hat. Um, uh, if anybody would like to direct any legal questions to Tim, he'd, I'm sure he'd be very willing to answer them. Not of a general nature, I meant pertaining to Helen, but he probably would in the foyer afterwards. We have a question here. Kia ora, John Malcolm. Uh, there is some hope in with some of Helen's uh, bringing to the news things that didn't get to the news. Two men were killed on the workplace, they were on the roadside near Whakatane recently and the court case got some publicity and the irony of their decision. Uh, there have been several others where the forestry story, certainly in Whakatane where we live, each death gets to the news um, and some of the um, other areas where there's been relative silence, uh, I think we can thank Helen for, and yourselves, um, for giving some voice to otherwise uh, voiceless people. Well, thank you for that comment, and I, I hope you're right. Um, I would say that um, you would have heard in the film, Marianne said that the forestry death rate had fallen considerably as a result of the campaign. I, I'm sorry to report today that it's now going back up again and has nearly returned to where it was and that at present, uh, on the present track, this year will be the worst ever year for workplace deaths in New Zealand. When uh, Helen was interviewed by uh, John Campbell, um, towards the end of the interview, I sent him a text saying that Helen <coughs> represents the very best of what it means to be a New Zealander, which he read out. You know, and uh, your film just reinforces that completely. Thank you. That's very kind of you. With that, can I just ask what the journey for the film's going to be? Will, will it screen outside the festival? Oh, there's a bloody good question. Um, <laughs> okay, well, okay, this is where you guys get to help, actually, if you'd be <laughs> interested in doing so. Um, it's not very easy to make documentaries of this character in New Zealand. In fact, I'd, I'd go so far as to say it's quite a hostile place to do it. Um, we did receive some funding from the Film Commission, but actually largely this film was funded by the, the voluntary contributions of the people who worked on it. And um, in order, we're, we're also facing some doubt about whether New Zealanders are interested in this kind of stuff. I actually think they are, because I think fundamentally this is a film about our identity, as your question suggested. You know, I mean, Helen did operate the way we all like to think we operate in many ways, but, you know, when you see her up on screen, it doesn't feel quite the same, eh? So, what would be very helpful um, from our point of view would be, uh, however you feel at the moment and whatever you thought of that, please, please let people know. Come, come put it on Facebook, come and, come and find us on Helen Kelly together on Facebook and, and, and let us know too. We're trying to now persuade the powers that be that, that this does, you know, can sustain going further. Um, it's it's gonna, got a great festival run actually. The International Film Festival is a fantastic institution that allows these films to exist at all. Um, it's going to be seen 32 times around the country. It's going to 13 centres, so that's an awesome start. But after that, what we really hope we'll be able to do early next year is actually take it on general release to, to, to many more people and perhaps get it on television. Um, te television won't even meet with me to talk about this. <laughs> so um, it's... Uh, Imagine our shock. Yeah, yeah, terrifying. Um, did you know that TVNZ announced last week that they're actually officially not going to make a profit for the foreseeable future? So they're by declaration a non-profit organisation. Um, I think it would be 
rather wonderful if we took that opportunity to make them a public broadcaster since they're not <laughs> in the <investment. laughs> but, but in the meantime, please please help us by, by being proactive about telling people what you think and, and if you think they should see it, let them know. And, and you know, I hope very, we will work very hard to bring, bring it back soon. Question? In my view, a film like this should be shown on New Zealand television. I agree. In the place of 2020 or 60 Minutes. Are you a network executive by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lawyer and I cannot believe WorkSafe here. I worked in trade union work in the UK for years, always acting for plaintiffs, and I can't believe how appalling it is here. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more with that, I have to say. And if I could just add, um, everyone will be aware probably now by now of the terrible incident that happened a few days ago uh, with with four forestry workers killed on their way to work. Um, that happened on a, on a road, so therefore it'll be the road toll. It won't be investigated as a workplace death. It won't be counted in the statistics, and there's unlikely to be any exploration of the hours those people had worked or any of the factors around that beyond the direct culpability of drivers. And as a journalist, it's a sad story. Yeah, well, it's, it's a huge, you know, the, the numbers that we use in the film actually come from the Otago University and the Injury Prevention Unit because they say WorkSafe's numbers are unreliable and leave out a whole bunch of peculiar things. Even those numbers don't include things like people who die from mesothelioma or any long-term process injury. That's just people who go to work and die there today. Our actual numbers are much worse. It's an interesting question, that one, isn't it? Pers can't sue for personal injuries. You're quite right. It, there's an interesting question about perhaps that's part of the explanation of why Australia's um, equivalent um, death rate in various industries is about half ours. Mm. Does anyone else have a question? Otherwise, I'm going to say thank you so much for making this film. I, <laughs> I know these sorts of films get made because people need to tell the stories and no one makes any money, you're never going to make any money. doesn't matter how many people go to see the movie, he'll never make any money. That's just a fact. And so we're, those of us who know what you put into it and those of us who get to see it, on behalf of those people, can I say thank you for that and to the whole team. Thanks, everybody. Tell people to come. There's another screening of this film on Sunday, Sunday morning, I believe, 11.15. Yes, it's screening here at 11.15 on Sunday, and that is the last time in 2019 it'll be playing in Auckland. So if you know anyone who should be here, please drag them kicking and screaming. Get them here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, much everybody.